Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. Well, it's great to be back once. Across Australia. Welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Well, I went early. Went before acceptances there, you might say, in the racing parlance. Dennis Newland, great to be back with you. Yeah, thanks very much, Craig. And I'm I'm really looking forward to our show today because uh, we've got some very, very interesting guests and very, very good analysis on the sport. And our guests this week are Dave Lander, the promoter of the Lismore Castrol Edge Speedway, and also Linton Jeffrey, who Sean Wood from the Dirt Track Channel spoke to last week for us to uh, join us on the show. So, yeah, two great interviews. And I think whilst we normally at this time wrap up what happened over the week, uh, over the week that's been, or the weekend that's been, I think we do need to talk about that Speedway in a lot of, in a lot of respects is going to be very heavily hit by the COVID-19 uh, virus and the measures that are taking place to stop the spread. And Dennis, when you consider that uh, we have spoken a number of times of the ageing population and the ageing Speedway fan, uh, it becomes critical then that we don't put them in danger. Oh, very much. I mean, look, sport in general, in, in pretty well all cases around most parts of the world, is in, in a shutdown situation. It's, it's closed. Like, I mean, the, the things that have happened have been unprecedented in world history. And, and you know, Speedway's just got to fall into line. I mean, we've seen an announcement yesterday by the British Speedway Promoters Association. The, the, the British League season has been suspended. We are waiting on an announcement from the World Speedway Grand Prix organisers. There's an indication from what I'm hearing early uh, that that may be suspended um, uh, or try to be run without... Uh, a crowd at an empty stadium which is really not practical for the Speedway Grand Prix. World of Outlaws are not going to look at anything until April 9 to do another assessment. So this is very, very, very serious times for the sport and um, we just, the big question that everyone is asking be it sport, in, in business, industry, whatever, can we survive and how long is it going to go for before something is done to cure this problem. Yes, uh, I do recall a saying, If the uh, it might not be the illness that kills you, it might be the uh, cure. Mm. It's terrible. It's unprecedented. Mm. I mean, uh, the, the, the Rugby League and AFL, okay, uh, full marks to them. I mean, they're, they're in a real crisis because they need the, the broadcast revenue to keep the, their sport afloat. So they've decided to do it, as we know, uh, in, in closed, behind closed doors in empty stadiums. I mean, this, this has never seen before anything like this. Speedway mm. has come to a complete shutdown in Australia. And it's only, it's only going by the federal government's decision and the chief medical officer that crowds of more than 500 people uh, that is not allowed, and now we're seeing it uh, even even extend further to, to gatherings of 100 people in some instances. The club situation, the club industry is also uh, cafes, restaurants, you name it. It goes right across the board here, and airlines, travel, overseas travel, 
So, so Speedway is, is just a part of this global crisis, and it's terrible. We know that. And as race fans, we love to see racing, but we can't. And that's yep. the fact of life at the moment, Greg. And that is the hot topic we speak to Dave Lander about. So I don't think we'll waste too much more time at the top of the show. Let's go after this break to Dave Lander. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dirt Track Channel.com. Well, on Inside Speedway, we're joined now by the promoter of the Castrol Edge Lismore Speedway, Dave Lander. Dave, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Craig. And I wanted to get your, Dennis and I wanted to get your perspective of this situation that not only Speedway, but all sports and, in fact, a lot of businesses are finding themselves in with a the COVID-19 uh, virus now having to be managed in, in such a way. Uh, groups of 500 and outdoor events and a really good Speedway is hopefully getting more than 500 people to it on a, on a race night. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, I think it's, uh, how can I say, um, um, I think what the government's doing or has done is, is very good. I'm, I'm actually supporting what he's doing. We have now closed. Uh, I've put off the permanent staff and the uh, casuals uh, haven't got a job. And, and I've put myself in as a casual because I don't. I don't have a job. It, uh, we'll stay closed uh, until the ban's lifted. Um, we'll uh, we'll plan next year, which we have to do now, um, even though there's no guarantee we'll be opening the doors. But we have to plan it because if we do open the doors, we're going to have something to run. Um, does that cover your question or have I gone off on a tangent? No, that's perfect. And the... The thing is, we we spoke. In fact, when Dennis and I first started the show, we spoke we spoke about what happens to Speedway in Sydney if there's a discontinuity between when one closes and the other opens. This is almost the same thing. What do do you feel that there'll be some people who won't be back racing again and competing if there's a prolonged uh, exit of Speedway from the from the area in the district. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's like it's like if I can go back in history of the uh, Sydney Showground closing, uh, the gap in Speedway entertainment was enormous. And when it eventually, when Sid Hopping got it going again, uh, and Liverpool was going, but it was it, Liverpool was on the edge of the metropolitan area and had a different market than Parramatta ended up having. And uh, when we all got back into business, there was a lot less competitors and a lot less uh, diehards, if I can call them. Diehards are people who will go to the Speedway eight days a week if it was being run. Um, so, yeah, I do think this what's happening to us in this sport is, is not going to be good. Uh, it'll be a matter of uh, rejuvenating the sport um, and I think the good promoters can do that. Dave, this uh, 
sport of ours has been around in Australia since 1923. We've seen some uh, almighty highs and almighty lows. Yeah. Were you there that day? Were you there in 23, <laughs> I was only a youngster. But I was oh, there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is unprecedented in the history of the sport in Australia. You, you mentioned, uh, just answering Craig, about the, the gap, like the example, closure of the Sydney Showground. Now, if this gap, what we're seeing now with this COVID-19 um, virus, if this is a significant gap over right in towards the end of the year, can Speedway fully recover from this? This is unprecedented, Dave. I, I think so. I, I think the, the, the good promoters will get it going. Um, Speedway, Dennis, as you know, is, is entertainment. Uh, Sport is entertainment. And I guess it's like, uh, uh, well, I was only a kid when the Second World War stopped, but the crowds at the Sydney showground uh, in the 50s were enormous, absolutely enormous, because people wanted to be entertained. And we're going to go through a minimum, I think, of six months. I don't know. I, I can't predict how long this is going to go for. But I, I think... Uh, the sport will survive, as all the other sports will, but we will have a change of uh, spectator. You know? Some of them will uh, will have gone on and done other things. They'll be at the bowling club now or, or something like that. Where, and then when we reopen, they may not want to go to the bowling or go to the speedway. But it's a matter of the sport having the ability to, uh, to get up off its feet and get uh, people coming, putting bums on seats. Uh, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, for, for all tracks, it's, it's very tough times, and and you know we we know that that some tracks are lesser than other, and so, some of the country venues that are only run by very small clubs of volunteers and and people who give their time, and 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 you know they might run one meeting a month or something like that, and they just keep surviving and going along. Where do you think they fit into this? I think they are the backbone. They, because they're low overheads, voluntary workers, um, uh, you know, I, I, they'll always be there. I, I believe rural speedway will always be there. The metropolitan tracks have their problems, and, and it's basically costs. Um, the cost of the, the property and the cost of opening the doors. Uh, that will always be a problem. But they, 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 they'll, they'll work it out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll work it out. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you've talked about people, maybe the race fans. Do, do you see a changing of the guard with some of the competitors who think, "Well, I was thinking of getting out of the sport in the next year or so. This has decided it for me." Do you, do you see well, any? any yeah, that, that, that could be happening. Um, but then again, that, that, those competitors—they're petrol heads. They love it, mm-hmm. you know, and. and uh, I think when the doors open again, they'll they'll try and get back. Financially, they've got to get through this gap financially themselves. And as you know, we are a uh, uh, what we call it a blue collar sport, uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the lesser divisions may not you know may not have the money to come back. They, they may park their car in their garage and keep it uh, up to date, and they can just. Pull it out and go racing. Other ones may have to sell them, and then 
as you know, that if you're going to start racing, the cost of setting up a car and getting a car and doing all that work to start again is not easy. A promoter, and particularly the Metropolitan promoter, could they go to a a Foxtel who is going to be hurting for content and try and put on events that would be, you know, that would be broadcast only? um, Or do you need more than 500 people just to run a Metropolitan Speedway? I I, I don't think that's possible. I've I've always had a theory of it. This is my 31st year finished promoting. We've never presented our sport properly on TV. It's never been done properly and to the point where 15 years ago I stopped doing it. Uh, um, I'll give you an idea. I was at Parramatta in, uh, I don't know when, 09, 010, 011 for nine months and they wanted it on TV. Well, the first thing I did was pull those seats, those plastic seats, out of the back straight that were empty every night and put on TV. The last thing you wanted to show was no people there. Um, but our formats, I don't, I don't think relate to TV. Not, on, not today. They might have thirty years ago, forty years ago, when. Uh, it was a, a gladiator-type sport where the, bloke, the good bloke started at the rear. Today, the racing divisions have changed that, and they, they all want to start at the front, if not a lap down, uh, you know, a lap up. Um, uh, I think they've got a lot. There's got to be a lot of change in our sport to, to make it survive. Um, as I said earlier, the cost of Metropolitan is frightening. I mean I, I mean, I used to spend at Parramatta in the 90s about 7,000 a show on Channel 7. Now, think about that. that that's, that's nearly 30 years ago. I would think, and I, I would have a lot of ads, but today uh, I, I think a good ad, and I'm guessing, would be 10 or 12 grand an ad. So... The, the, the Metropolitan, and I'll say Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane, they have a problem of the cost of advertising on television, which I think is a major, a major, um, what's the word? Uh, you've got to do it to, to do it. I mean, um, I'll give you an idea. I, I spent last week with production nearly $4,000 at Lismore. I was on three TV stations. And I was being exposed from Surface Paradise to Kempsey. Um, that was a major spoon for a country track. But in Sydney, for the amount of ads I got, which would probably, I'm guessing there, would be uh, 360, and it'd be 200 ads before green. Uh, I, I buy some ads for 10 bucks. Um, you can't do that in Sydney or metropolitan areas. You can't do it. So I've got off your question. What was your first question? <laughs> Can you could you race without crowds if you were able to yeah. get a a uh, television partner? Yeah. No, I don't think you can. I, I, I think Speedway, the crowd is part of the show, um, and I don't think Foxtel were were in, are interested. Um, they. Uh, no, I don't think. And, and let's look at what does get on TV now. 
it can be pretty boring once the bloke with the most money gets to the front, uh, gets to the lead. Um, no, I, I think uh, you're not only... I don't think Foxtel would be interested. I know that they they had the opportunity to get the World Speedway Solo Championship uh, 18 years ago. Uh, the only way they would take it was if it was free. They didn't have to pay for it. Now, I don't think that's changed. Um, you know, I, uh, I just don't think that's changed. Uh, so, no, I can't see it televising it. I, in fact, I wouldn't want to televise it live. I, I would rather um, get the pundits to pay to come in and see a good show. Dave, you made an interesting comment just a minute ago there about the fastest from the front now. You know, we, we grew up in the old school, people like you and I, and we, we, we went to the showground to see Johnny Stewart win out of position 23 or 24, you know, 22. Um, that's how it was. He won three national titles out of position 22 at the Sydney showground. But I digress there, but what the point I'm making is, do, do you agree or disagree with now the race clubs, the emphasis is everything that happens in America in race formats, point scores, in the heats to the final to the feature and the fastest going up near the front. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think we follow America too much? That's my Oh, definitely. I mean, as a promoter, uh, you, you're saying, okay, come on Saturday, it's $20 or 25 or 30 whatever it is, doesn't matter. Come and see Fred Blobs and Joey, Joey Fast Car and they'll... Uh, They'll do a 25-lap feature race and they'll start at the rear and they'll pass everyone or they'll try to. Or a week later, we're going to run the New South Wales Championship. Guess what? It's it's $5 extra and you'll get to see them start off pole. No, it, 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 it's, we've done it all wrong. Yeah, And that was being caused by divisions. Yeah, divisions. Um, they, they, this idea of starting off the front is boring. Absolutely boring. Well, as I said, it's what made the golden era the golden era. One of the major contributing factors. Dave, just looking yeah. a little bit, looking a little bit at your career, um, you, you've you've had some major firsts. I mean, you were the first man to run a fifty thousand dollar to win sprint car race. Um, yeah. That that would rate up there pretty highly with what your career has been over thirty one years. Uh, a major event coming to Sydney at Parramatta Raceway. $50,000 a week. Well, yeah. Um, that was brought about by Wade. Uh, you know, he uh, he came to me and said, mate, why don't we do a 50 grams type show? And I said, yeah, I'm interested, but I'm not going to do it in January because we have there's, uh, five Saturdays in January and they all work very well in Sydney uh, in that period. Why would I destroy one of those days? to put up 50. I said, do it in February. So we did it in February, and yeah, we, we packed the place. Uh, well, the first year it got rained out, you know. The, the, the B main was finished, and the feature was worth $70,000, 50 to win and the rest. And it, can, it was canned, and uh, we had Americans going back, booked out on the next day. And I don't think many people know this, but uh, the 20 cars, I divided 70,000 by 
20, and I paid everyone the same amount. And it was nearly, I think, $3,900. Well, there were blokes who've never seen $3,900. Um, I often regret doing that. Because, but the thing was, the public had paid. They were there. And uh, they weren't entitled to their money back. And I probably wasn't entitled to keep it. So uh, I paid the, the show out. The second year, it did work. Uh, we did have it packed. We had a very good sponsor, um, uh, Gough and Gilmore. And, uh, you know, that, that having a sponsor in, in our business is very important. I'll give you an idea. Gough and Gilmore aren't in business anymore. They, they got bowled out, so I can talk freely. They were taking a box, uh, a, a corporate box, every meeting for the season, 15 grand. So we went to them and said, what about if we put a 50 grand show up? Wah, 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 wah. And they said, yeah, we'll be in there. So their sponsorship went from 15 to 50. They also spent 60 of their own money. They invited all their dealers, wives and kids to their site at Parramatta, you know, near, near the, uh, the Vauxhall Inn there. And at lunchtime they had a barbecue. They had a merry-go-rounds and jumpy castles, all that. Five, four o'clock, Wade and uh, Danny Smith went across there and gave them a 10-minute lecture on what they're going to see. Three buses pulled up the front and they all got in the buses and they all were, were delivered to the to PCR. They went through a special gate and behind, uh, behind the front straight was a big marquee. Where, uh, where coffee and drinks were free to these people. They went upstairs and I'd given Gough and Gilmore 300 seats up there. They were all wearing yellow Gough and Gilmore shirts. They all sat on yellow bum, sponge bums, things that were uh, supplied by Gough and Gilmore. They had a hell of a night. Uh, and they actually said to me, you know, we took people to Bathurst at 600 ahead and didn't get mm. the exposure that we've got out of Speedway. Now, to, to, that was important to us. The 50 grand was important, very important, but gee, they, 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 they've spent more than that. They doubled it plus. Mm. Dave, um, you, you've been dealing over the many years with, with as an example, Gough and Gilmore, corporate backer of, of a major event. Yeah, have you found it harder over the years because Speedway's got to compete with all other sports in the public arena? How tough is it now to attract a major yeah. corporate backer of the sport? Very tough, very tough. Um, when you go to someone like uh, a sponsor, you have to give them value for money. And most people go in and say, oh, look, we'll put a sign here and uh, here's two free passes. Well, that's not going to include, improve their sales or whatever they're selling. You have to bring them in as part of the family, uh, and they've got to get value for their money. Now, that's the hardest thing because the bloke you go to talk to deep down has to love Speedway or be a petrol head, if I put it that way. Because you go to most sponsors and you say, guess what, we'll do this, 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 and this, and uh, you'll get that and that. Uh, and uh, for this, we want A much. 
and he thinks to himself, yeah, but I like golf. I might spend that on golf. Um, it's very difficult, very difficult. Sponsorship today, I'm lucky. I've got Castrol uh, as the naming rights, um, and in that they get a box every week, and they've got uh, 10 tickets, and they bring their, their guests, um, and they get some value out of it. I've got four boxes, and I have difficulty selling the other three. Um, when I was at Parramatta, it was a funny sort of deal. We had two two petrol oil companies had a box each. One of them, there was the same 12 people every week. The same 12 people came to Spurway and enjoyed the box. The other one brought 12 customers every week, 12 different customers every week. And I think they sold a lot of oil. Uh, they worked the sponsorship. It's, it's keeping your sponsor interested in doing that sort of stuff. And that's not easy because the bloke you're talking to suddenly retires or he goes elsewhere. The new bloke comes in and, and he's into fishing. Uh, so he'll sponsor a fishing tournament. Yeah, it, that, that's what happens. Yeah. Dave, um, you've had a wonderful career in the sport, firstly as a competitor. Uh, super modified driver, who I might add, finished second in the Australian Super Modified Championship at Morissette to uh, to Bill Wigville in 1970. Only two Dodgers in the race, and they finished one two. <laughs> um, yes, so, can you remember? Can you remember what the temperature was that day? Oh, look at this, I, yeah, look, I, yeah. it's funny. It's funny you mention that. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I, had, I had a brown cardigan with me. And it yeah. got cool at yeah. about half past three. So yeah. I was yeah. about 20 to four, I had to put the car yeah. on. Yes, yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yes. And the weather <laughs> clouded over at about four o'clock. Yeah, that was it. Now, question here is, yeah. now, you've seen a whole spectrum of the sport evolve. Different things have happened over the years, good and bad. Um, here is a question that you are best equipped to answer than anybody else because you've seen so much of the sport and been a part of it for so long. What is the best point about Speedway that Speedway needs to keep doing? And what is one thing that is continually not good for the sport that they continue? I'm not talking, you know, I'm not trying to criticise the sport, but what is the best point of the sport and needs to do that? And what is something that needs to change to make the sport better? It, uh, God, it's a hard question, but... Um, I'm, a, I'm a journalist, Dave, I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the best part of the sport, I think, is entertainment. It, uh, if you said about entertaining the people, now that's not just in racing. That's you know, interview the winner, or uh, you know, after every important heat, or, or or just those tricks. You know, interview Fred Blobs in the in the uh, grandstand, all that sort of stuff. May, uh, people come, they spend four hours on their bum, and they need to be entertained. They're not. There is a percentage of them just to see racing, but there's also a big percentage who have wives hanging off them and kids hanging off them who uh, want to be entertained. I mean, if you think back of uh, Stuart Telfer when he, when the Fender Benders were running, you know, and he, we we had all those names, you know, uh, uh, the Irish driver, patio furniture, and all that sort of stuff. They loved that. They loved all that. 
Don't forget the German champion, helmet visor. The helmet visor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now that that saying, what I'm saying there is, you want to, the speedway is is good when it's entertaining. What's what's what we do wrong every week is we don't finish on time. Uh, Fred and his wife brings two seven or eight year old kids they would want them to be in bed by 11 o'clock in bed now most of them are half an hour away see the show has to finish around 10 10 30 now the Australian street stock championship five six weeks ago Gil Gandra feature finished at 1 30 in the morning um and may I say, there was no one there after midnight. They'd all gone. You know, it, 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 they pay their money and they don't see the final. Yeah, I, yeah. I can remember the Australian Speed Car Championship uh, quite a number of years ago at a, at a venue in Victoria that finished at one thirty, quarter two, when the trophy yeah. presentation was made. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. how entertainment. You asked. Ask the bloke to give you twenty five bucks to come through the front door, and you give him half a show. You know, so, David, uh, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you an advocate of in in some major nights when the titles are on the line, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, it's a major event, timed races leading up to the main event. Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 time and we run to a schedule, and it's seven minutes a race. Now that means. When they drive on the track and when they drive off the track, it's seven minutes. And I'm talking sedans or wingless or, or juniors or whatever. Now that that's also on the theory that um, there's no accidents and you don't have to clean up the track. But basically, the, the, my local council, who uh, are greenie based, uh, put a curfew on us at ten o'clock, which is is too bad. It's it's not good enough. It should be ten thirty, uh, and it's like talking to house bricks. You know, they're, uh, um, well, we should <laughs> yeah, we should have Saturday, the show over. Yeah. But Saturday night, ten o'clock is not considered late. You know? No, no, no. Ten, ten well, thirty. Yeah, but when you're in the country town, and we are in the town, uh, it's not as if we're four k's out of town. Um, you know, uh, what was I going to say? Um, it, it, it's the only entertainment. I've always said this, and I've said it on TV up here, that we are the biggest crowd-pulling venue sport between the Hunter, the uh, the uh, River at um, at Hexham, and Tweed Heads, which. And I'm talking the nights and the, um, the, uh, the, yep. the what's their name? I can't remember. Yep. I know uh, the the basketball yeah. side. Yes. No, 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 no. The football. Uh, the NRL oh, yeah, out of surface. Oh, because yeah, everything else, I mean, the crowds we pull over sixteen nights is much better than the local cricket, football. Uh, the only thing on in, in Lismore on Saturday night is a ten-ten bowling. Alley, that's it. You know, there's there's nothing else other than speedway, and 
I've had some good crowds. I've had some lousy ones when the weather comes bad, but I've had some good crowds. Uh, and I believe if you ever watch that World Series race we ran uh, on the 14th of January, we were over by about quarter past nine, but that was because I deliberately only had three other divisions on because I was scared that I was going to be curtailed with a feature if we ran late. But it was one of those nights there wasn't one stoppage in every division and it went very well. I was there that night. It was a fabulous night, i got to say. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant presentation all around. And the thing, Dave, is no one complains when they get home early and they've seen the full card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and their wallet's a little emptier. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Dave, it's been fantastic catching up with you, and we appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to us. It, it does sound like yeah. that uh, Speedway is going to have to do a lot of a, a lot of work and um, just to re-energise the whole scene once uh, the yeah. green light yeah. or the green flag gets to wave again on uh, events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I say one more thing? We need the, the Australian Promoters Association, which has been going for 35 years, um, to not be an Australian Metropolitan Track Association. Um, when I first went to Adelaide in 1989 as a promoter, there was 30 tracks represented in the room. Uh, I withdrew my membership three or four years ago because there was five and uh, they're all metropolitan and all they did was speak about metropolitan they don't understand that their speed the speedway is the back the backbone of speedway is country and uh, until those people wake up uh, the sport has got a problem in that way that's, that's all I can say without being sued we don't want that. <laughs> well, they won't get anything. <laughs> Dave, Dave Lander, it's a pleasure to have you with us on Inside Speedway. You're right, mate. Thank Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Wood, and it's a pleasure to be with you here on Inside Speedway, live around the world. We're joined now by one of your fellow Australians, formerly from Sydney, now making his home in Prairie City, and the owner of Vortex Wings, Linton Jeffrey. We're here at the Port Royal Speedway. Linton, thanks so much for taking time out. I know you guys were down here at HP Engines. You just unloaded the engine, and uh, a good day for you. A pretty good season last year. How did you feel coming out of uh, Port Royal this afternoon? Yeah, we were really happy. Um, thanks for having me on, Sean. Uh, it was uh, it was a great day. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here on an open trailer. Um, you know, I rode out. Um, Brian let me bring a car out here and leave it in Pennsylvania. And uh, Brian Ridge, that is, that's the car owner, and uh, and the and the boys, um, uh, Cody and Austin uh, Miller. Um, it's that's what Ridge and Sons Racing stands for. Um, it's just uh, it's a pleasure to have Lisa and Brian uh, give me the equipment that I need um, to 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 you know be fast at this point in the year you know I, I was in Perth Western Australia last week racing um, with Kendrick racing and uh, I'm fortunate to do that early over Christmas period I was there running um, Glenn Stiers's car out of Canada in Sydney so you know I've got I, I got to race quite a bit over the winter and it was nice to come in here with our you know our, our, our you know my 
my everyday ride. You know, I, I started racing for uh, Brian and, and Lisa Ridge um, uh, the start of last season. So, so this is our second year, and it's time to turn it up. And you know, we're really, really excited, and they're giving me the opportunity to come out here and run some shows before the Knoxville season gets started. We'll talk about last year and this year here in just a second, but I want to get your thoughts first on the future of Valvoline Raceway. I'm sure you've heard all, everything that's going on, been reading about uh, what that situation is and where things are going as a person who grew up in and around that. Uh, just talk a little bit about what kind of politics are and, and how they might be a little bit different than ours here in the States as to what people saw and why they needed to rip up a, a ph phenomenal racetrack uh, in order to grow a, a city. This is something that, uh, you know, we've all known that this was going to happen. This is very valuable land, you know, in the heart of Sydney, uh, CBD. I mean, uh, the, the fact is, is that we all love the track. We don't want this to happen. But at the end of the day, we, we've always known that this was a good possibility. It's nothing new. It, it, you know, we all wish it could go on forever and ever. I mean, we... And we we love the racetrack. It's it's really probably about as you know, Port Royal is one of my favourite tracks that we raced at today, and and uh, Sydney's my home track is where I was born at. I, I grew up there as a little kid, sliding down the back of the hill, uh, you know, on a piece of cardboard and uh, falling asleep, um, you know, before the feature started because I was tired and worn out. My mum used to drag me out and load me up in the car and take me home. My dad won quite a lot of races there. I mean he. Um, he won 18 in a row, actually, so we had a lot of success as a family there. Um, unfortunately, I never had that much success. Uh, I, I came to America before we were really competitive, uh, and, and you know, then I went back there, and when I would go back, it was always the international season. There was Steve Kinzers and Donnie Schotzers, and there was always someone really good. And I was very fortunate to win the New South Wales Championship last year there, which was a really good, you know, it was, it was awesome to finally get a win. Um, you know, I got to pass Brad Sweet last corner, last lap, which was really exciting for the fans there. Australian guy that came back home to um, win a New South Wales title as kids growing up. That New South Wales is, is the state. And uh, we all, as, as young kids, we grow up, whether it's basketball or tennis or or football or whatever, we all want to be state champions. The New South Wales champion means something. It's like Australian champion. Um, and to win the New South Wales championship uh, in a sprint car is something that I'd always dreamed of and, and, and I was very fortunate. It was, it was excellent. So, um, you know, I've got a lot, of, a lot of racing and I enjoyed racing there this summer back there. Um, we weren't as competitive as we were the year before. or Perhaps we were, just everyone got a little bit faster. So it's just the way it goes. And depending on how they construct the new speedway, and with all the same competitors going to wherever that new speedway will be eventually built, how does the atmosphere from Valvoline get transferred over, or is it a new page and a new start oh, yeah. for for speedway there in Sydney? Yeah, I, I, I'm really not sure how it's going to go. I, um, I I don't know whether Valvoline's history is going to stop, and and it's really not going to transfer. I hope it does. Um, Seems like it's going to be a quite a bit different situation. I, I really pray that it's going to be somewhere near as good as long as we have racing, uh, sprint car racing in Sydney, you know, and keep it. It's one of the healthiest car counts in Australia. You know, it's an excellent car count, great competition. Um, you know, 14 cubic engi engines when they came in in the um, around 2003, um, it was a big step 
um, for for the sport, and and it allowed a lot of motors to come from the United States, and it really bolstered the sport there. Um, you know, thanks to Brian Healy, who, who um, you know owned the track or was the promoter of the track um, before he died. Um, I don't know, quite a few years ago now. Um, Gary Rush and Rod Bowen uh, owned it for a little while there, a few quite a few years, and then. Um, and then now it's owned by Barry Waldron, who's done a tremendous job of, of, of looking after it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing rumblings that perhaps he's got nothing to do with the new speedway, which is a shame because he's, he has Murray Bridge and he also has Toowoomba Speedway in Queensland. Murray Bridge is in South Australia. So he had one in the south, one in the north, and one in, in, in Sydney in the middle. And, and he's a... Um, I want to say he's a philanthropist for sprint car racing. He's somebody that is very wealthy, loves the sport, and has put a lot into it. So I'm hoping that he has something to do with it. I just heard rumblings recently that he he he's not going to, which is which is a real shame. And um, I'm, maybe it'll serve to build those other tracks up a bit more. Maybe they'll build another track in New South Wales. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he he built another track. So maybe all in all, it might get healthier. Um, you know, we just got to hope and pray. It's a, it is sad to see uh, Sydney Speedway go. You know, I grew up at, at it was Granville Speedway when I was a boy, and then it turned into Parramatta City Raceway. Um, you know, and then um, you know, then it became Sydney Speedway, and then it became Bowerline Raceway. So I've been there from start. I've, I think I was pretty much there the first day it ever opened as a little boy, and and you know. Um, you know, it's a big part of my life and my brother's life and our family. So, so while it's sad, I mean, you know, sadly all good things come to an end and, and uh, you know, what happens in a big city like that is people have got to get moved. And, and uh, you know, it's part of the development of, the, of, of what happened. It's a shame we wish, we, wish, wish it never ended, but, it, you know, we all knew a long time ago that this day would come, so... Um, let's just hope the new speedway is, um, they're talking about adding it into the drag racing part there at Eastern Creek and that's what I'm told and I, um, I'm not sure if the space is available to build the track the way that it, we'd like to build it. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see and um, you know I'm sure there's some really good people involved in it but already um, you know Speedway Australia's um, obviously made some calls um, without Barry Walder and, 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 and there's a little bit of tension and frustration and uh, you know they need to get that together because Barry's been such a, a great part for sprint car racing uh, in Australia and, and you know to, to um, undermine what he's worked so hard for um, would be a real shame and, and you know the politics of it all um, you know they need to quieten down and get and, and all get together I mean it's, it, it's just the way everything goes somebody's ego gets involved in um, you know, in a sport, and, and and they can, you know, they can really be detrimental. They need to um, take a step back, uh, think about the benefit of the sport and the best interest of the sport and the best interest of the competitors and the best interest of Sydney's future, and and make better decisions and get with the right people in government and and make that happen. So we end up with the right facility, perhaps a better facility than Valvoline Raceway. But right now. I think there's um, some contention that perhaps we might be taking a, a backward step, not a forward one. So we need to get that cleaned up and get the right people um, talking to each other and making the right decisions. We're talking with Linton Jeffrey after a top 10 run at the Port Royal Speedway on an absolutely gorgeous day, the 70th uh, opener for Port Royal, and it was 
65 degrees, about 17 Celsius. It couldn't have asked for uh, a much better day. Let's turn our attention to your company, Vortex Wings, but let's talk a little bit about the safety aspect of it. From the time that you got into uh, making the wings to where we are at here in 2020, how has the business changed from what you were using originally to make wings to where they are today? And given the unfortunate tragedies of some top name drivers we've had over the past five to eight years, what do you as a business owner look to do with the current technology and with what is available to make wings to make them safer, to try to lessen an impact uh, for a driver when they do get into an accident? Um, I, I want to tell you that um, Vortex Wings was diligent and far advanced of all our competitors in this aspect. We've been very um, uh, diligent in looking at the safety aspects many, many years ago. Um, this is nothing new to us. Um, I think that we set set the um, we set the bar uh, for for where you know the quality of the product. Um, you know, we've we've always had a, a terrific product. It hasn't really changed a great deal in construction um, in the last um, 15 years. Um, some of the designs have changed based on, you know, when I came to the United States, there was a, uh, you know, essentially an A4 piece of paper folded in half was a, was a rule book. Um, you know, that's, what, that's the size of the pages. And there was a four-line paragraph for wing rules. And by the time we hit 2008, um, you know, we'd built wings for Donny Shots. It was very dominant. And, and the rules were changing rapidly to the point where we had four pages of rules um, to stop. Uh, you know some of the technologies that I brought in. Um, you know you can see that the wing, the top of the wing's flat now. Um, the wings are square. We once built built them out of square in your like like uh, you know Winston Cup cars for mile and a half. Uh, you know so there was a lot of technology that we were building into them and, and you know with different parts of the wing did different things and we had a you know we were really getting the cars stuck down. They were fun to drive, and and uh, you know the decisions were made that. You know, my competitors really couldn't keep up with what we were doing. Uh, they were worried that we were going to charge too much money for them. Uh, and uh, they changed it to where they essentially made uh, what, what I would say a cookie-cutter wing. Um, we've developed basically our understanding of what was going on with the wings prior to this. Um, you know, we were able to develop wings that did similar things the best way we could, leverage points, things like that. So we've always had uh, great technology. As far as safety goes, um, there's been a lot of work. The World of Outlaws have been diligent in, in uh, you know, working with the, 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 the post situation. And um, uh, the posts have changed uh, significantly that hold the front of the top wing on it, that there was um, uh, some cast pieces being used and, and, and they were um, fusion welded and they were breaking and, and causing some dramas from time to time. And uh, they really got involved in fixing that and trying to change that uh, product. Uh, so they made it uh, illegal essentially and forced them to build something better. Uh, but other than that, our posts have always been really good and, and you know, made a 4130 condition in the same as the roll cage and the chassis. And, um, uh, you know, our products essentially, uh, you know, we have um, uh, billet construction, uh, you know, sliders. So, you know, we've always been really strong and safe in that manner. Um, just the way that everything's been constructed for many years, we, we've never really had a safety issue as far as I'm concerned. Um, for what we... What, what we want to accomplish for our competitor. I think there are some things that could be done um, uh, to, to perhaps keep the car, the wing on the car, but there's also times when 
keeping the wing on the car could cause um, more dramas than good. So it's a catch-22. Um, I think sprint car racing with wings on it, uh, you know, is, is about as safe. I don't want to see the wing get any smaller. Uh, obviously, that would be a smaller cushion. Um, so, I mean, most of the manufacturers, I feel like, uh, really stepped their game up um, and done a terrific job uh, of, of making their products better. Um, and, you know, it's a competitive market uh, in some respect. I, I feel like we, you know, we build wings for... Um, most of the top World of Outlaw teams, um, Tony Stewart Racing, Casey Kane Racing, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Marshall Racing, um, Jason Johnson Racing, uh, Roth Motorsports. Uh, so we we got quite a number of. I think we. I, I'm not sure if I said Kyle Larson Racing. We we build his wings too. So uh, you know we got the majority of the best teams, and and it, essentially because of the quality of our product, the longevity and the uh, safety aspect of it, I'm sure they uh, have all those factors um, built in. Uh, so you know it's 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 been a whirlwind for me in the last 15 years, and very proud of all the accomplishments and. You know, we've, I think in the last 16 years we have, uh, we've won every Knoxville Nationals bar two. So, I mean, uh, you know, as far as um, successful World of Outlaw teams, uh, World of Outlaw championships, uh, Knoxville Nationals, we've had a terrific, uh, terrific time and I hope it doesn't stop anytime soon. Finally, Linton, what's the plans for the 2020 season for you and the RSR team? Um, we're going to uh, run some out in Pennsylvania. We're going to have a car here. We're going to um, uh, run as many outlaw shows and all-star shows as we can uh, around the Knoxville schedule. And if if we, I, I kind of feel like there's a good possibility that if we're running really good at outlaw shows and having a good time, um, then we'll um, we'll definitely uh, probably do more outlaw racing than than Knoxville. But, you know, I'm not sure if, and Brian and Lisa, if I'm doing really well at Knoxville and we're winning some races and up in the points and they feel like there's a chance to win the championship, they might keep me there. So I'm just open to do whatever. I'm just so excited to be driving for this team uh, and, uh, you know, have Oshweek and Speedway on board and, and uh, you know, uh, GoFishing.com, uh, Ridge Development, um, just all these great sponsors that, you know, um, make this team go. So... Um, happy f to work with and, and develop our product, Vortex Racing Wings. Um, you know, often, and, and, and Lisa and, and, and Brian allow me the opportunity to do that. So it's a really fun team, great group of guys. I've got a great group of guys out here in Pennsylvania that um, are part of it. So it's two groups, and um, we're all working together uh, for one goal, and that's to make Linton Jeffrey faster. Linton Jeffrey joining us here on Inside Speedway. Dennis and Craig, back to you guys in the studio. And Dennis, my thanks to Sean Wood from the Dirt Track Channel for getting us uh, those words from Linton Jeffrey. And, uh, well, a number of Australians uh, probably thinking, well, what am I doing? I'm going to either be in limbo, stuck in Australia, if racing gets started back in the United States, or they're already sitting in the United States going, I'm not earning any money here because we're not racing. Yeah, it, it is. It is a crisis. There's no doubt about it, Craig. I, I don't know. Uh, at the moment, we, we're, we're everyone, everyone's living on day-to-day -day information, and, and I know for the professional racers, uh, this uh, this is uh, something that um, 
the longer it goes on, more difficult it's going to become. So, I, I mean, we don't have an answer to this, Craig. It's straightforward. That's the reality of it. Well, what it is going to mean for Inside Supercars, Dennis... Sorry, Inside Speedway, wrong program, but you can listen to Inside Supercars at sportradio.com.au or insidesupercars.com.au. It's a great little show too. Um, but for Inside Speedway, Dennis, it gets us a chance to perhaps speak to some of the legends and speak to some of the people who are going to have a little bit of time on their hands as we can uh, just concentrate in on some feature interviews rather than trying yeah. to be topical on what race just happened in the, the weeks yeah. previous or well, coming well, up. The- yeah, exactly right, Craig. The news value, the news content will not be there, obviously. So we've, we've got to change the format and the slant of the show, and, and that's exactly uh, what we'll be doing. It'll be uh, an opportunity to talk to some of the all-time, all-time greats of Australian Speedway, and, and I look forward to that in, in coming weeks, uh, Craig. Yes, that's well, that's the plan for our dear listener. So we'll be back next week, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy more Inside Speedway right throughout the rest of our season. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.